how are you? Good day and salutations. Welcome to the Bloodlines Podcast, your one-stop shop for sports news as fresh as Subway bread. I'm your host, Brad Kirschenbaum, and as always, I'm joined by the Lieutenant of the Lines, Tyler Hammock. And we are unsupervised this week because the Sandro Man is playing Catan. He's playing Catan. Uh, on today's episode, without our third wheel, um, we're going to just, like normal, get caught up on the week. A lot of going on ever since the Masters and a little bit of a late recording this week, so a bunch of sports news. Um, Bloodline Super Contest Season 4 kicking off. Let's go. Uh, general picks. General picks. And, of course, some clickbait something where we uh, check in on the number one scumbag in America, which will be fun. Um, yeah. Another another correction. This might be fun. Um, I guess this is kind of. I feel like it's almost becoming my job because I'm always misrepresenting things on the most previous episode. Um, I did hear back, which was a love little audit, that apparently I I said that uh, Bill Snyder was a scumbag, famous coach at Kansas State. Can't say I have too much against the guy. Just wanted to at least get it out there. I, I hate Dan Snyder, Bill Snyder. You know what, buddy? Good job. You you built a legacy at K State. Just wanted to say I hate Dan Snyder. And uh, it's actually not a bad little transition to get caught up on the sports week, Brad. Did you get? Did you read much of the news about Dan Snyder and the Washington, uh, not football team, Commanders? Oh, the Commanders. The Commanders. Uh, yeah. So uh, correct me where I get this wrong, but he was keeping two sets of books mm-hmm. and um, basically used that to pretend that he was not making as much money, which screws up the revenue sharing. And uh, I think that was pretty much it. But yeah, uh, this is it's basically just the summary of America here that now rich people are pissed off. So something's going to get done. So, uh-huh. yes, you've pretty much hit it spot on the head. But that's exactly what happened is he underreported revenue primarily for his on site revenue. So pretty much game day expenses, which is remarkably hard to do, considering they only had about like a fourth of the stadium attend most games and they were almost all yeah. away who stayed in hotels um but yeah that's what he did he underreported. obviously that takes a cut out of the the rest of the owner's share like you said so things are starting to amplify and i mean this guy has been he's been in it, it's it's almost it's not even fair just to say in the news he's been at at such a derogatory level of fucking up his franchise for decades and not only yeah. he's doing it in the nation's capital which you would think theoretically maybe the most law and order would be done there um which actually is the exact opposite but yeah kind of crazy um really crazy actually that'll be a really fun story to watch unfold but a little I bit mean, more good the lesson is always don't don't mess with really rich people's money because no. they they just can't have enough of it they can't. No, they cannot. And and speaking of those people who just have too much to know what they really want to do, the Ricketts family. Oh, my. Um, I kind of wanted to get your thought on this. So for everyone who is a casual listener, for all those people out in Boise that still listen to us, uh, obviously, Brad and I have a lot of deep connections to both Omaha and Chicago, kind of ironic or coincidentally, uh, meeting later in life. And Brad, obviously, being the brother-in-law, completely random relationship. So obviously, we've deep ties the Ricketts family from Omaha, all their money's from TD Ameritrade right here in town in Omaha. But they buy the Cubs because Ricketts meets his wife out in the stands and there's this beautiful love story. What's your opinion now after the collapse of that Cubs team that brought the city of Chicago so much joy now being gone? Now this team that can't pay Wilson Contreras $1.2 million in arbitration after he's the heart and soul of our team, the only one left. Now they're turning around to buy the 
uh, Chelsea Football Club, huge riots out in Chelsea in London. Well, not riots, I'll just say protests. What are your thoughts on this? Are you okay with it? Rooting for them? Or are you just kind of screw the rickets? I just try to compartmentalize my fandom. I don't want anything good to ever happen to the Ricketts family. Um, I think that they are what's wrong with the world in so many ways. And I think that Chelsea fans from a moral and like actual sporting perspective are spot on on not wanting the Ricketts anywhere near their, their favorite club. So uh, I have no issue with that. Um, I, I do like the idea though of Pete Ricketts going over to Europe and showing up and like just having somebody just drench him in pig blood because that's about the only thing I can think of that would happen to him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're terrible. They ruined Wrigley. Uh, the Cubs apparently have no money despite selling out nearly every game. Um, I, I have no idea. Uh, you know, they can go to hell. Well, they have, they have no money because they've just financed every piece of property around Wrigley for the last 10 years. And but, that's why. But that, that would imply that they don't have any money, but they do have money. Well, they don't have any money because they're leveraged out their asshole and they have loans that like crazy. So that's why they don't have this money. And then so what they're doing is they're getting a part of a buying group to buy Chelsea because they don't have enough money. Uh, if anyone that can't watch this live recording, we're throwing a lot of air quotes yeah. into this air conversation. Quotes. A lot of air quotes. A lot of air quotes. Um, but yes, I agree. Kind of screw them. I don't know, but let's let's try to twist it to the positive here. The Cubs are kind of sick. This Suzuki guy is hitting ding-dongs every other day, and the Cubs have a winning record. I don't know. I'm, we had this conversation about how much are we really getting into baseball this year. I, I still can't believe there's a team called the Guardians, but I don't know. I'm having a little bit of fun. Oh, I'm enjoying this. This is great. I mean, you know, Blind Squirrel finds a nut, and, you know, they there's still talent on the team. I mean, yeah, they got rid of a lot of popular guys, but there's just still, like, a solid baseball team. The NL Central isn't some sort of juggernaut, so they should be able to stay somewhat competitive for a little bit. But I'm not going to get I'm not going to get too excited about. I, don't get me wrong, I love Suzuki, but I've got a little Fukudome syndrome with him, where I I'm going to need him to go through the league a couple times and let them get the book out, and then we'll see how he's doing June first. If he's if he's still batting 300 and he's got you know 15 dingers, then uh, you know sign me up and slap a Suzuki tattoo on my upper back. But until then, I, I am cautiously optimistic. But I was at opening day, and, it, you know, people are still into it. The team is still pretty fun. I mean, it's some of the, you know, it's the beginning of baseball season. You learn some of these guys, and they were on they were on the team last year, but now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I win a few games, and this is, this is pretty solid. What was the – the crowd obviously wasn't – it wasn't full capacity, correct? No, it was cold. It was The, the weather was iffy at best. It rained leading yeah. up to the game. So it wasn't any, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't ideal. Uh, it was a 120 game on a Thursday. And do any, so do I don't do know. Bar What's that? Did you do any bar hopping? Or did you just do a half day and walk straight up to the stadium? Uh, we did. When did we go? We went to, uh, went to the corner bar, um, had a couple, had a couple barley pops and then um, went to the seat. So not, not too much. We were at a bar for like an hour, but the bars were not busy. That was the strangest thing is the bars really weren't that busy. It didn't take me very long to get a beer, which was almost disappointing. Like I wanted to be frustrated in my attempt to get a Coors Light. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. They're going to have to, we can shift it off the Cubs here, but there's just, it, it, it actually does kind of bring up an interesting topic with the fact that now that the championship has been won, that 26 team is just stapled yeah. forever in every Cub fan's heart. 
I don't know. I think it's going to be, I'm, I'll just speak personally here. I'd be curious to get your opinion. I'm having a hard time getting myself to emotionally invest in just a whole crop of new guys after going through what, 2014 to 2019. And that's five years that in yeah. our minds in the last 20. Um, and I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Ian Happ. I think he's a great personality on the team. Suzuki seems like he'll be, he'll be great. The professor is still a fan top tier ace. In my opinion, I'll still watch him pitch every day of the week. It's just not, it's not the same love I had for this team before the championship. I'll, I'll just say, no, it's not. It is not the same. But at the same time, I, I'm actually starting to get a little bit of that love and feeling back. And, you know, there's there's you two things after a championship. Love and feeling. Oh, you're another top one guy. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I did that to Anna at a Husker tailgate. Um, oh, God. Maybe when so they're like – maybe when like four or five people were around um, and it was cold outside. My knee kind of buckled as I went down it, it. I love whipping out that performance, but only about like 13, 14 seconds of it because that's how long the movie is and typically how long it goes anyway. So yeah, that's, that's all you really need. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling it a little bit. Uh, I, I want to see the buildup again. This would be a fun underdog year. This is a year where the Cardinals fans think that they've got a great team and the, and the Brewers think they've got a great team. This would be a really fun year to be hanging out like two and a half games back into September. Uh, that's actually if that's a good point. It'll be fun to be the underdog again at, yeah, at one point. Yeah. You got to get back to that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, that's that's kind of where I'm at this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you watch, yeah, did you I, watch this Twitter video that I linked by any chance about overweight dads this, getting a little too crazy? Yeah, this is the guy who uh, who decided to you know basically throw hands at a at a little league ump. It's just it's such it's not really anything that we haven't seen before, I guess. But I'll I'll link it before below the episode when on Twitter. So make sure to follow us at Bloodlines Picks on Twitter um, to get any recent updates all on on episodes, any picks that Brad, Ollie and myself have. Um, and on top of episodes that we post, we link clips that we talk about on the podcast. So we'll t- we'll link this clip of this I'm going to call him six foot, 350 pound guy battling another six foot, 300 pound um, all over a, a slide in a U10 game, a 10 under. So these are nine year olds sliding in at the plate and he just comes in and throws a haymaker. It's just, if there's one thing that scares me, you hear you're a parent, I guess you got Lena coming up on competitive stuff soon, whenever she decides to dive into sports and that world. I, parents are terrifying. Are you, is this something that you experience, like just picking Lena up from the daycare? Like, are you just seeing crazy overprotective parents all over the place? Because we don't really get to experience it on a digital world until you know psychos go crazy at, at the at the diamond like this guy. I mean, parents. Ugh, parents are so strange. Like they just. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I, I get it. You know, we've all got kind of our quirks and that we're all concerned about our kids. But this is honestly, that's the, whatever this parent thinks that they're doing in terms of like standing up for their kid is, is accomplishing the exact opposite goal. Like there's some parents who like they won't talk like they will not talk in the vestibule of daycare pickup because they think that I'm going to give them some variant of COVID that doesn't exist yet, even though like I don't have it. So there's that and like there's safety there. But this is a whole different level. And I, I don't know if you know this. I used to. I used to ump. Uh, oh yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah. And like, I would get screamed at by parents. Then it's like, bro, I'm 15. 
yeah, I'm sorry that I'm not calling laser straight balls and strikes here. I'm doing my best. Well, you know, sweating my ass off and your kid can't hit the plate and I want to go home. Well, it's like, yeah, that's a strike. I don't care that it's over his head. I'm going home. It's a strike. Like, just that's the down. thing that, that's the exact like core problem to all this that drives me fucking nuts. So I was an umpire as well. That's a very, if you played baseball, you, it's a pretty common, yeah. hey, pick up that summer job, work 10 games and you're good for the summer. You make 30 bucks a pop, 300 bucks a week. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty fine at that age. What I, what drives me crazy is what you said is it's just, it's logical behavior. Like, I mean, I'm not out there. I'm not a professional. I'm just out there to make a buck. Like these are just nine-year-olds, but these lunatic parents that do not have any type of reason in their brain is what yeah. it's what really throws me through a loop. And this guy, it was just, it was kind of a, almost a nostalgic positive thing to scroll Twitter, see a parent go nuts on the diamond. It means summer's right around the corner. So all, nothing but good times ahead. Um, oh yeah. There's, there's nothing that says summer is here. Like somebody like giving somebody a mild concussion as they throw them to the ground. Did you ever, so you said people yelled at you, were there any fights or anything like crazy happened while you were umping? It was, there was a guy who came out of the dugout once and he, he, he called me an asshole or something. And I'm like, I, I don't, I didn't even do anything wrong. Like, the kid was out. I'm sorry that he's slow. I don't know what to tell you. And to be fair, I think you, I said it. To be fair, you you, uh, you didn't have the statement specs back then, so you had a much more punchable face. And I, I, I oh, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, that's fair. That is very, very 100 percent dead on. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, Jim. Some of these parents, <laughs> of these parents they just got cool. It. Yeah. Um, well, decent transition off of the voice crack there to talk a little bit about the Masters. Um, obviously, none of us are crazy, huge, huge. We are, they, I guess I'll pause right there and say thank you to Greg again for coming on. I thought he was fantastic. Really fun to have him on. Electric just getting content up. from Greg. Yeah. And uh, we might just have to keep it a tradition to keep the guests on for all of Unhinged to keep that going because that always seems to be fun and a little preview for everybody which Brad you have approved you're good with it right we're gonna do your sister my wife Unhinged Paris in a couple of weeks oh yeah Confer- I mean, that's that's guaranteed okay awesome I have not run it by her yet but I think she's gonna be open-minded and think it's great so for, in, for all the weekly listeners um, my wife and I will be going to Brad's sister will be going to Paris in a couple of weeks and we're gonna do unhinged but from the girl's perspective and talk about all the French guys over there so it will be yeah. very very fun I think I can hear Anna laughing from upstairs so it might be a success yeah uh, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for her input I have been to Paris uh, with Anna before, uh, as she judged French men, so this will be a uh, this, this this will be an, a welcome update to that experience. <laughs> we'll see if her uh, her style or not her style, but her tastes of of French men are consistent and still hates them all. But um, yeah, well, like that's... I was saying, trying to trying to transition over to the golf world and what Greg and all of us were talking about. Um, I don't, I thought one of the cooler cooler parts of the weekend was that Rory and Morikawa hole out. What was any any big highlights for you, Brad? Were some things you'll remember? Um, yeah, the the Rory hole out was cool. It made it interesting. Um, I mean, just Tiger Tiger being there on day three and you know shooting one under the guy almost lost his leg eighteen months ago. It's an overplayed story, but like I love Tiger so much. I've he's he's it's just so much fun. And to see him just be competitive, it was it was a bummer to see him wear down. But after day one, where it's like, oh, he's, he's right there. And then he made that recovery on day two after he went way down for a little bit and then, you know, got it back to be competitive. 
I don't know. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I just, I just love the masters. Like I, I, I like that, you know, the holes every single time, you know, somebody pulls up the 15, it's like, okay, how are they going to play this? Oh, they didn't hit the drive well enough. They needed to get it on the left, the left side of the fairway. They're going to have to lay up. Like I know this course. And this is like, it's like playing my local muni because I know what you're going to be doing. And that's almost the fun part of it is like, if you watch enough masters and you watch enough golf, you just like, you have this relationship with the course. So that was, uh, I don't know. That was, that was the fun thing for me. Um, did you, do you do any feelings on Scotty Scheffler? There was, there was a lot of like lukewarmness towards him, not negative, you know, he's not DeChambeau, but like just sort of lukewarm. I mean, he's just, he's just another American. It's kind of like what I talked with, uh, like Greg about last week. Like I like Ricky Fowler, but I think he just gets lost in the crowd of a lot of fun, talented young Americans. Um, he's gotta be one of the more boring of the bunch. And, but I mean, that's fine. It is golf. You need to have some boring guys. You can't just have Mm -hmm. all characters out there. So I don't know. I think I was fine with him. Um, but I, what I want to come back to, and I'm, I am hoping I can put a pin in this to remember it. I mean, obviously I worry he's going to be the favorite for a lot of reasons next year after the crazy Sunday going seven, eight under whatever. But what your comment is about these guys getting better as the years go on and how many more times they get to play it. Cause it's the same course with some marginal changes year in year out the way he was chipping on Sunday into the, cre- the crevatures of the green and watching the ball roll everywhere. It was, it was like tiger almost. And I think yeah. that's, that's going to be fun to watch Rory in the future here. If his uh, craftsmanship at uh, Augusta gets, gets that good. But yeah, I, would, you- I would love to see him. What's that? Did you miss Phil at all? Do you think in not having him involved took some nah. away? Nah, Phil can, Phil can suck a brick at this point. Uh, I always thought that he was kind of cocky, but there was, there was a funness to it, but now it's just like, okay, that's, that's fine. In the Phil Tiger debate, I was always very, very much on the Tiger side of things. So this is. Yes, but there was a Phil Tiger debate and maybe it's, maybe it's so late in their career that I mean, I guess it's not really a debate on who's better, but there was a rivalry and regardless, I think that Tiger and Phil are just, it's a rivalry that's good for the game, even if they're 45 or whatever, however old they are. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. They're going to be the States, the elder Statesman. And I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but deep, deep, deep down, there's always some conspiracy theories that are only just touched at the surface on this podcast. We never really give the time to go deep down into them. No part of you is like, Hey, Tiger, maybe don't drive drunk and maybe ruin your career. Congratulations on the comeback. You're still an American hero. No, uh, no, no, no. issue with uh, everything surrounding that car crash. Just move on. You're a hero. I mean, I'm not like, you mean like the fact that he was probably on painkillers or something? Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that he was probably on, on or had drank quite a few things and there was no blood work done, two police officers. Oh state knowing that he's whacked out of his mind nothing was done no charges filed reports of him saying that he has absolutely no recollection of his night or driving a sure. car <laughs> yeah I, I'm just saying, I mean i, I will I, I too. don't get me wrong but i just want to remind people that this thing did happen this recovery wasn't like he was on a walk with charlie he was driving under some influence so Congrats yeah, on coming. I, mean, I, I will never, I will never be cool with somebody driving under the influence. Like I don't think that's good. Um, Not I, a 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, not a Mark Few podcast. Not not a, not a lot of athletes part podcasts. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's you know, it's we can a, move on. It's, just, no, 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 no. It, it, it's it's not it's not a good look for him. Uh, it's not something that I. It, it, it's a weird it's a weird line. Like golf is a sport where you cheer for the personality as much as anything else. Like you pick a guy because like yeah, kind of like the cut of his jib. Like this is this is somebody who I want to cheer for, and. I think I'm deep in enough with Tiger where you can it, – it's it's very much a um, – the ends justify the means. It's a little Machiavellian because nobody else got hurt. Like it was just him. If he had drunk yeah. drove and hurt somebody else, I think I'd feel differently about it. Now, he could have easily, but he didn't. And so like it's a yeah, lot easier almost, to rationalize that. Yeah, it's almost just luck on his part that there yeah, wasn't yeah. something around. Uh, but yeah. yes, I, I get it. I agree. And I, your comment rings very much true on golfing. And I think there's a like boxing boxers. I think it's a similar kind of thing that you, you root for someone with a personality that you can connect with in some way. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of why I put the Rory Morikawa hole out on there. Cause I just thought that was a really cool microcosm of what makes golf. So cool. You know, there's a lot yeah. of people that only watch, the masters or only watch the majors. I probably only watch seven or eight times a year, a little bit more than the majors, but not much. But that moment of two guys like Maury Coward, Maury Coward glancing back at him with that little smirk. Rory was almost more happy for him getting the hole out than his. The whole thing was just really fun. And it's, it just goes to show what, as you said, having the big, good, positive personalities that are easy to root for when they Mm -hmm. even like, when it's, I don't know. I think golf's in a good spot, and I think that was a really cool moment that I'll definitely remember in a, a very forgettable Masters weekend. Yeah, that was fun. Um, do you have any? Uh, have you, have you had any big hole outs or anything like that when you were golfing? Um, I have one. It was on a. It was on a par three. Um, and no, as you can tell by the excitement in my voice, I did not get a hole in one. But my second. <laughs> cool so my first shot i think i just absolutely towed it about 40 yards on like 180 yard par three but i towed it somewhat straight so it was in a great position at the early fairway which is a obviously not a great where you want to be on a par three you want to be a little bit closer to the hole than maybe like 140 150 yards out um but anyway i hit an i hit an eight iron and it was the most pure feeling i remember the second i hit it it was, it was a different experience. I was just like, holy shit, that felt good. And sure enough, I just plopped right up there, bounced, came back just a little bit and fell in the hole. And it was cool because my friends were already up on the green because they're good golfers. So they, oh, so they got to out. see it. Yeah. So they were up there and they were like, kind of just like getting out of their carts, walking to the green and it's like, holy shit. So yeah, one of my very few birdies on a par three came from the fairway. How about All right. Yourself? All right. Uh, I have um, I have three eagles in my life, all of which were from uh, off the green. I've never putted for an eagle. Um, I had probably the best one was in it. It was a charity golf event, and I'm counting this as an eagle because it was a scramble. But we took my drive, and so then the second shot, I hit the first shot, and I put it in from probably about 130, 140 out, and it was downhill, and so you could see this perfect view at the hole, so you could see it like roll up. And you got to build the excitement and the tension. It was just a good long burn as it went in. So that was uh, that was really cool. That's you like that. 
Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, yeah. yeah, that is fun, man. And I actually, I wanted to ask, this is, I think, what was it? Only like our third or fourth episode back last summer. When's the Michigan golfing trip coming up? There's got to be at least oh, a it's... few of those guys still sitting here listening, what, trying to trying to get Northern oh, Michigan yeah. playing again. Oh yeah, we'll be we'll be doing it. Uh, it's mid September. Uh, you'll be uh, you'll be back on the list um, and expected Let's to go. attend uh, for the rest of eternity. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, it'll be mid September. I'm actually going to see a bunch of those guys this uh, this weekend. I'm going to a bachelor party in Albuquerque. Um, BBQ. Okay, Jesse Pinkton. Yeah. Tell him what's up. What are you guys going yeah, to do? Going to go to an Isotopes game, hopefully. And uh, do some hiking, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a very adult uh, bachelor party. There, the word strip club has not even come up once. Not that I really want to see what Albuquerque strippers have on tap. I'm <laughs> guessing it's it's not a quality level that would make me happy. Um, I would I, I would say I would either be surprised in like the good direction. You know, if it went bad, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I expect- I, I could be surprised in Albuquerque, but I, I do agree. There wasn't – you didn't mess You're any of that up. You're not surprised downward, though. No. God, no, that'd be expected. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. The, the worst the worst strip club experience I've ever had was a bachelor party in the backwoods of Wisconsin. And somebody was like, we have to go to a strip club. And we passed this place called the Whitetail Lounge. And <laughs> there wasn't a single person in there who was not with this group that weighed less than me. And that includes the strippers. Oh, Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Well, no, they were not. They were, um, they had a lot of, lot to love, really, a lot of personality. Um, but $2 beers. And uh, from what I remember of buying lap dances for the groom, I believe it was $5 lap dances. So, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You got to love Wisconsin for that. I mean, there's not many things That's to awesome. love them for, but always having a $2 beer in every bar, basically charging like $4.50 for a frozen pizza at eleven fifty. I may knock that state, but there are a lot of pros to it. And man, I love it. Oh, it's, a, it's a great state. I just don't like anything that their athletic teams stand for. Or the fans that support them, honestly. But that's not, that's not something we need to dive into here. No, we're going to lose uh, half our listeners if we do that. Speaking of, no, uh, truly, speaking of losing half of their listeners and fans, Cam Newton, did you see what he said? Uh, did you hear what he said, yeah. I'm assuming? Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to pull the exact words. This is a, tad, a little bit of a controversial podcast. I'm already for, kind of blacked out for the first 20 minutes, but I feel like we've been talking about almost nothing but eggshell conversations. So I just want to pause and say kudos to us for getting by. Um, but yeah, let's hear this very, very uh, yeah. lovely representation of what women are. So let's see. Uh I'm actually having a hard time. It was it was actually saying like um, she needs to be able to cook and take care of her man. Um, that was the gist of it, and I don't like I don't have a problem with she needs to be able to cook if addressed appropriately. Like if you were to say like I'm a bad cook, so I would hope that she can cook. But then like the whole like take care of her man thing, it's like yes. I, I found that quote and that was, it, it was the end. So like, it really was like the first yeah. 50 seconds for, it was what the clip was about a minute and a half. And I mean, yeah. I even showed Anna and the first like 50 seconds, they're not that bad. I can't, I can't remember exactly what was said, but it was, it was kind of just a normal conversation. And then he does get, he changes his tune a little bit and he makes the comment. And then he's like, now a woman 
for me, and he pauses. That was like the longest pause. Yeah. And I saw I saw some tweets underneath it that were just like, imagine what was going through his mind thinking about whether or not he should finish the sentence. And then he finished it anyway by saying, so now, now a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. Yeah. <laughs> it was... And that, and I'm not. We're not doing it justice at how I don't know. Degrading, I guess, is a, a pretty good word to use. It just wasn't a very respectful comment about women. And as somebody who is constantly fighting for an NFL starting quarterback job because of his skill level, I mean Baker Makefield's the perfect example of this. Like, if you don't shut the fuck up in the off season, and if you don't, I don't want to say shut the fuck up because you can still talk. But if you do the wrong thing. Owners just aren't going to want to hire you. At the end of the day, it's an HR department who is hiring you. And this did not help Cam Newton any lick, in my opinion. Well, you just, yeah, this it's just so tone deaf. Like, you can have your own requirements for what you think your, your quote, woman should be doing. But just, just read the room. Like, understand the context of the last several years and know, like, exactly how misogynistic everything you're saying is. I mean, it's just... I read and a bunch was, of stuff on it about how there's different cultures and everything like that. And I, I, I sure fine, but I don't know, just read, read the, read the room, man. But the good news is that in October, when the NFL pretends to care about women for a month, this will be a very controversial topic yet again. And then everybody will forget about it on November 1st. Yeah. Just like they pretended to care about domestic abuse for those 18 months, what a decade ago. And now we haven't heard anything about it since. Um, yeah, but yes, Kind of interesting. So I guess on that topic, let's pivot to the other great football league out there in the world. The USFL is coming back and we are coming back with the bloodline super contest season four, right along with it. Let's go, Brad, let's start thinking of rules. How can we punish Ali? Are we actually going to punish somebody this time? Um, what are your thoughts? Are you excited about the USFL? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm always going to be a little bit excited about football. The thing that I like about this is the fact that we get to see some of these players, truly some of my favorite college players uh, of the last few years, who never had a chance to make the NFL. But it's like, oh, yeah, sure. These were these guys were super fun. And it's going to be kind of cool to get to see them play again. You know, they're talented guys who clearly were not the right move for the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm into it. Yeah, they're not all talented, and I will be every single week. We'll just kickstart. Actually, I'll just pause before we start analyzing these USL games to USFL games a little bit too much. What Ali's so great at is reminding us that we do have to intro some segments, remind people of what we're talking about here. So this is the fourth season of the Bloodline Super Contest. Brad, Ali, and myself have done three in the past. We set a little time frame around what we're going to be gambling on, certain amount of picks and a deadline. So we decided that we are going to gamble every weekend on each podcast on the USFL games. Uh, picking two matches a weekend, and the, I think the championship or Super Bowl, whatever you want to call it for the USFL, I think was July 3rd, July 2nd, so it'll be right that 4th of July weekend, and that's when it will end. So, Brad, how does your uh, first couple of picks look for the Super Contest? So, I have done extensive research. Um, I would say that during that research, two of the things that surprised me the most, uh, A, that the USFL uh, exists and B that uh, all of the names uh, have, they're, they're good names. Like I like, I like the names of the USFL. That's really what I'm getting here. We got the Maulers, we've got the Gamblers, 
There's the Bandits. There's the Stall. Like this is this. These are good names. These are really good names. This isn't. I, I honestly think all sports leagues should have to refresh the team names after like 30 years. Like let a fan vote come in and just refresh oh. the team names. Some are okay. some are going to keep them. Some are going to keep them. They're going to be fine. Like the Bulls would probably stay the Bulls. The Yankees would probably stay the Yankees. But like you can't tell me that the Utah Jazz would still be the name Utah Jazz if they gave the fans a chance to vote on it. Be like we don't even li- we're not even allowed to listen to music here. We're Mormons. That's the borderline Utah, Utah Soakers. Let's bring it back to the, the Utah first Soakers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like let's let's go that let's let's go that route here. So uh, I like the names. I'm excited about that. Um, I have for my picks. I have the uh, Tampa Bay Bandits uh, minus two and a half. Uh, they are uh, they are competing against um, <laughs> the, the the Maulers of Pittsburgh with yeah. the Pittsburgh Maulers. Which was that not the name? I feel like that's the name of like a, a, a team in a comic book movie at some point in time, but I could be wrong. And then I have the Philadelphia Stars, uh, mm-hmm. who are up against the New Orleans Breakers. Uh, because so the stars you're, you're, plus two and a half. Okay. So <laughs> there we go. I'll read off the lines here. So we have four games this weekend. Um, I believe it was one game on Saturday night and then three games on Sunday, all standalone games um, on primetime too. It was on CBS or Fox or one of those. But yes, we have four games. So we have the Houston Gamblers uh, against the Michigan Panthers. Panthers minus three and a half over under 43 and a half. Philadelphia Stars against the New Orleans Breakers. Breakers minus two and a half over under 45 and 44 and a half. And then the Bandits versus the Maulers. Bandits minus two and a half over under 42 and a half. And then the last game, the night game on Sunday, the New Jersey Generals against the Birmingham Stallions. Stallions minus three and a half over under 42 and a half. And what I had to laugh about and kind of why I wanted to read off all of those lines there is that Vegas put the over under within two points in every single one of these games. It is just no clue. It's 42 and a half to 44 and a half. That's all it is. And in their mind, that's 21 to 21, which is the most basic football score. And somebody's going to miss a field goal. Vegas has no idea what's going on. We never have any idea what's going on. So I think this is going to be a really fun, uh, just throw it out, throw a couple bucks on it on the weekend, just like EPL in the morning. Let's just have a little side action. Um, why am I not betting the over in each one of these games? Like, I, why on earth am I not betting the over? I'd probably say bet the under, especially in that. Where is it? Where's what team is he on? Yeah, especially in the Houston versus Michigan game. And so I'll announce my two picks here. Um, are also, I'm riding with the Bandits minus uh, two and a half from Tampa Bay. Uh, and they are led by the reason I'm picking them just to get some names out there for everybody is Jordan Tiamu from um, Utah State. So he's a guy that I won tons of money on a couple of years ago. Basically, I'm just I'm picking guys based on my experience with them gambling on them in the past. So I loved Utah State. Jordan was an awesome quarterback there. Um, and no, I'm I, wait. Am I thinking of Jordan Love? No, Tiamu was there, too. He was also there. I don't know why they just have so many Jordan guys. I swear he was also there. Uh, I will look it up. I will not. He played at Ole Miss. Well, this changes my whole theory completely. I thought this was the uh, – well, Jordan Love sucks. He's on the Packers. That can't be it. I thought Jordan Tiamu was also on the uh, – You heard it here first. Tyler Hammock, big Jordan Love guy. 
Yeah, big Jordan Love guy. He should I really he should be starting over that other guy, but whatever. Well, yeah. that changes things a little bit. I guess I'm stuck with the Bandits now, so we're going to stay with them. But the main lock is just betting against Paxton Lynch, um, which is going to be the safe bet every single week. So he's the Paxton Lynch is the quarterback for the Michigan Panthers uh, playing the Gamblers. So I'm going to take the Gamblers plus three and a half just because Paxton Lynch has sucked, will always suck. I'll never forget him against Auburn in that bowl game down in Alabama. Absolutely. Re- he was just... I'll, I'll never, ever, ever, ever forgive Paxton Lynch. That was the lock of the century, basically, against Auburn in one of the early bowl games, and he just completely crumbled. And then he got drafted with that awful little, uh, what's that called, the soul patch just a few weeks later yeah. or months yeah. later. I suppose. Yeah, not a big Paxton Lynch fan, so I'll be fading him each week. But always okay. um, two picks are the gamblers. So wait, who are you picking? Who do you did you change anything or you just you just changing your analysis? I did not change anything. No, I just stopped my analysis on the Tampa Bay Bandits. I don't know how they're going to win now. Hopefully Jordan Tiamou is good. But no, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm, I got Bandits two and a half and Gamblers three and a half. Um, and then Ollie has the Gamblers three and a half, the Maulers two and a half. And Brad has the Bandits minus two and a half and the Stars plus two and a half. <laughs> Nobody has any idea what's going to happen. These lines are crazy. Nah. This is all nonsense. I think I think the reason that the bet is the over is because the USFL is going to want some points in that first week, and they might let the refs just jack it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we got, we got Freedom Akin Malundu from Nebraska. He's on the Philadelphia. There's a name I never learned to pronounce. Yeah, and clearly I didn't either, but I'll be rooting for him nonetheless. Uh, all-time backup in the NFL, Kyle Sloter is the quarterback for the New Orleans Breakers, which will be kind of fun. Uh, Kyle Laletta is a heck of a name for a Pittsburgh quarterback. So uh, there's some stuff to root for. At least it's football. It'll get us by until the NFL draft, and that was – So that here's, was really- here's a quiz for you real quick. Got a quiz for you. Where is the Michigan – Panthers against the Houston Gamblers game being played. Where is it being played? Yes. Can you tell, uh, do I know which team's home? Is it the home team is Michigan. The home okay. team is Michigan. Where is the game being played? I'm going to say it can't be a high school field. Um, is there what college would be nearby? It won't be they're not going to Michigan. Michigan State's on it. I don't know, man. It, I, it, the way you make it sound, it can't be Ford Field. Where are they playing? They are playing every single USFL game in Birmingham, Alabama. Every game? All of these games are in Birmingham. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't do much research, clearly. Um, okay. I did but not they're know. They're playing that. somewhere called Protective Stadium, which. Huh. Sure. Um, okay. The champion, yep. I saw the championship is at the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. So, gonna, I guess they're just saving all of their money for the bus trip up north for the championship. Yeah, gotta be. Uh, but yeah, all games appear to be in Birmingham, Alabama, and they split between Legion Field and Protective Stadium. Who knew that Birmingham had two places big enough? How did I get? I mean, that tells me that they're 100% just trying to get TV rights and they don't really care yeah. about fans and really yeah, anything. Nobody's going to go to these. No. Oh, they, I looked this up and I'm like, okay, the Michigan Panthers. Sure. I, you know what? I consider going across the border to Michigan. <laughs> if it was, God if it was that. like, maybe they play in like Grand Rapids or something at Hope College or something. Yeah. And, and you know, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to a game. No, no, no. They're going to Birmingham. 
Man, what a throwback. I had a friend from high school go to Hope College, the famous mud pit. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Have you ever seen that? It's like they have a really cool, I don't, I can't remember what the day is. She told us, but it was, um, it's some like huge day at Hope College where I think it's like freshmen and sophomores versus the juniors and seniors kind of thing. But they do all kinds of like college wide, it's almost like a high school homecoming kind of feel. And one of the big things that they do, they're famous for it. You can probably look it up. It's like the Hope College, uh, like the mud rope pull. So they all like, there's like hundreds of people on this rope pulling each side and they're all like, in the mud, the woods. Anyway, whatever. There's Northern Michigan facts. We'll we'll bring more when we go to the golf tournament in a few months. Did you yeah. know about that one? Uh, no, I did not know about that. I partied in Hope College before, but never uh, did not know about the mud pit. Very fun. How was she? Uh, you know what? He was all right. <laughs> well, speaking of twists that you never expect, we are still brought to you by Morton's and Mortuary with <laughs> locations in the tri-state area trusted for over 46 years to proudly bury everything from those masters unders tickets to the dream of buying chelsea for the rickets use promo code dream at checkout for 15 percent off in a box of matches that is d-r-e-a-m for 15 percent off in a box of mortensen mortuary matches mortensen mortuary You've been killing them, and we've been burying them since 1976. Family-owned and operated, member FDIC. It's good to know that business is still good in the mortuary business. It's been a while since. Yeah, you know, to, to steal a line from from Bill Kirschenbaum, you ever look at the cemetery? People are just dying to get in there. People are dying to get in there. Any other quotes from Kirschenbaums that you feel like sharing tonight? Yeah, you know, I got a, I did get a message today uh, about 10 a.m., uh, that uh, a member of my family who will remain nameless, but uh, she gave birth to me, so you can <laughs> connect the dots there, uh, might have taken a, um, a candy of some sort that she thought would just help ease some stress before going to a funeral, a little CBD. It had three letters in it. They weren't CBD, though. Uh, they might have been THC. And... Uh, she came into a funeral, allegedly, allegedly, just floating, absolutely levitating off the ground on her way to watch somebody get buried. And if you have ever heard her um, really get the giggles, which I understand she did prior to getting in the car, there was nothing appropriate about her presence at this funeral. This, this, this had to be just absolutely incredible because I'm imagining them, like, you know, singing – uh, well, I guess this was, this would have been a Jewish funeral. So the second the first hook <laughs> came out, I can just imagine her just just hawking up along, thinking that this would be the funniest thing in the entire world to do. So, uh, yeah, really strong day for the Kirschenbaum family. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't take the obvious joke, Lynn, layup there of she was flying and soaring at that funeral as that spirit was flying and soaring up to the sky. I mean, you, it was just the layup there <laughs> oh. for you, and you kind of just completely passed it, but... Yeah, that was so funny. And not to mention, we had very grand dreams of incorporating Bill, your father, into this podcast very often. Uh -huh. So it's great that he's delivering again, sending us funny content, funny texts. Billy, keep them coming. Um, and we do have to get him on, actually. What would be a good draft for your dad? Like, what's a what would be a, if we're going to like a guest spot draft with Billy the Kid? Desserts. Lunchable flavors? Ooh, desserts. Oh. He, he would he would he would do really well in a dessert draft. I think uh, he'd have a lot of opinions. If you just told him to make a list of his fifteen favorite desserts, told him we're going to do five rounds, then he he he'd be able to fill out a list pretty quick. 
he'd do five rounds of Zesto's, like vanilla soft serve ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that no. would be well, Zesto with crunch and Zesto. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where this goes. <laughs> the nut brown with a cone, nut brown and a cone upside down. It's a little shout uh-huh. out to Bill. Um, and I actually did forget, Brad. I have one quick little. Oh, Anna made the comment that maybe we should do a Beanie Baby draft with him. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, the Beanie Baby draft gets weird though because the second he starts talking about Beanie Babies. He starts sporting like a half chub and starts drooling, and that's going to make our listeners very uncomfortable. Yeah, I had to watch the, I, I not had to, I enjoyed watching it, but we watched the Beanie Baby documentary together, so I, I very much know about the half chub. Um, yeah. Okay, so as we transition even more uncomfortably out of the family chubs to another sort of, sort of dating world here, I did think I found a hilarious, hilarious unhinged um comment on twitter a little bit before our podcast recording brad not sure if you saw the the quote tweet from the the oh i read it i've okay good i'm I'm gonna read it to i'm gonna read it to the listeners i don't know who this rick i don't know if i want to listen to you read this but okay i feel like we have to everything about unhinged gets a little weird so all right so this was from christy who's 28 years old we don't know where she's from who's hilarious little screenshots but here's this is what she's looking for so her about me is my husband david david and i have made the big decision to open up our marriage i'm supportive and proud of him for embracing his truth about being a cuckold although it's been quite a ride learning about it all looking for a long-term serious and sane bull who's open to all possibilities very really great kick off the bat there Mm -hmm. it's meant to be if you have a really high sex drive a high intellect assertiveness are not afraid to put david in his place and aren't scared of being public about our relationship okay things are getting a little a little bit weirder this last one all right we'll get along if you're handy which i kind of thought she would spin off into like handy sexual things but no we recently became homeowners and oh my gosh is there such a big learning curve even better if you treat your our house as your house our casa ace your casa <laughs> well she tried <laughs> our casa, uh, it, it was uh, whoever has the audacity to quote like just screenshot people's hinge and, and tweet them out there for the world God bless you. Thank you for giving this to us. We're trying to do the same thing on this podcast once a week. It's just so funny. People out there are just the amount of people on this earth that do things that have never even crossed my mind. It, it, it's, it never ceases to amaze. And that's why we keep coming back every week. But I had to read that. Do you have any comments? Uh, here? I mean, yeah, I have a lot of comments. Um, I would say first, this is... I saw this in the comments after I thought it, so I'm, I'm not going to say that I stole it. I'm not going to say it's an original thought, but I really genuinely thought like that is a very interesting way for somebody to get housework done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need you to be handy. So basically, here's the fee. I need you to nail my wife, and then she's happy, and she stops complaining, and then I need you to fix my house, and then I'm happy, and I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's an open relationship, so he's probably just like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever you want, yeah, you want yeah, some you random want guy to come over here, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and then he just goes out and does his own thing. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this guy's actually brilliant. It sounds like he probably doesn't like his wife, but he doesn't want to get a divorce and he doesn't want to fix his house and he just wants to go nail other chicks. So he's got 
His wife no longer bothers him. He has all of his home repairs taken care of, and he's getting some on the side. This, I mean, that's I think genius. I think it's West Elm Caleb. He's just, he's just mastered. He's he's just upgraded. He's just mastering. He, first, he was mastering the dating world. Now he's mastering the marriage world. The guy's just yeah. living the dream. This guy's crushing it. Uh, uh, I, I, I've always wondered, and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I don't want to kink shame. Everybody has their thing that they like. But uh, the way that this is written, it really does, like all jokes aside, it really feels like she was just like, listen, this is what we're going to do, <laughs> husband. Um, I mean, yeah. You don't really have a choice. And he's like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made sense that his name was David. And, you know, if there's if, if there's like a cuckold name, yeah. I feel like it's David. So sorry for all the yeah. Davids out there. We just lost two listeners. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, but you're probably getting cucked. <laughs> you're still getting cucked. Uh, and they'll come back less next week just to see if we have a location for this girl. Um, <laughs> but Oh, and I had Brad. I had to laugh and just stop real quick because I think it's a subtle thing that I don't think it's been addressed on this podcast before. You so for anyone who hasn't picked up, Brad kind of slips out sometimes, like a yeah, 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 yeah. And one of my favorite all time lines in really any movie is Sandlot when I can't remember who says it to him, but they're like, "Shut up, yeah, yeah, you look like a duck." When they're like talking to yeah yeah and Sandlot, so anytime Brad goes on these little rants, I always say "shut up yeah yeah you look like a duck." But anytime I listen back, it always gets lost in translation of the conversation. But what never ceases to fail is the exact same giggle that I get from Brad every time he hears <laughs> yeah, yeah, "you look like a duck." It's just oh, you're not you. laughing, but you it's it's still funny enough to you that you want to giggle a little bit. So I had to pause it's, and appreciate that. It's a line that nobody ever quotes, and they need nobody to do it more often. But since since you're telling me that I missed out on an opportunity, you should have said. Shut up, yeah, yeah, you look like a cuck, given the context. Oh, 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 my God, Brad. That's, well, there's there's the episode title right there, folks. That is, yeah, <laughs> that is way too good to pass up. Shut up, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. you look like a cuck. All right, well, speaking of the number one cuck in the history of the world, Aaron Rodgers uh, made, got famous this weekend because um, he got picked off by a 13-year-old and completely lost his cool. Shocker, no surprise there. He can't perform in the clutch. Um, so that's our clickbait something this week. I'll make sure I will be sure. Trust me, I might make this the the primary tweet here. Um, that everybody gets to see this clip. Brad, I'm assuming you saw it and had a nice laugh. It's just sad. Like he's just he's just such a sad human being. He is. Could like, you imagine being a fan of that team? I just got could you imagine what are they thinking right now? And deep down, they're so fucking insecure about things because Devontae Adam left, Preston Smith left, Zadarius Smith left. Zadarius Smith left to go into the vision to the Vikings. Everything that I have dreamt about for the last 17 years is basically coming true. I mean, the Rodgers has still not won another title. The fact that he is only, if he retires with only one, that's the biggest crime to football of all time because he is quite possibly the most talented human being to ever pick up a football and it just shows that if you don't have an ability to lead men have a little bit of humility and maybe take a contract cut every now and then because you've already made so much effing money uh, maybe that's not the best argument in the whole grand scheme of things there's plenty more for Aaron I'm I'm not gonna actually I'm gonna take that one back make the money while you can I'm not gonna hate on people that do that but yeah there is there is obviously a there's a there's a, a a method to what Tom Brady has done 
And it's he has taken a pay cut year after year after year. He hasn't been in the top five of salary for a decade. The guy is he, he's, he's done the right things. Aaron Rodgers has not. This was amazing watching him get picked off just in the middle of April. I get to watch Aaron Rodgers throw an interception and lose his cool afterwards, blaming somebody else. It was fun. It was really fun. And uh, I can't wait for the fall, even though the Bears are going to suck. I still can't wait for the fall. Well, I'm sure that Sammy Watkins will turn the entire fortunes of the Packers around. It'll probably be fine. Has he signed? Is that is that really? Yeah, he 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 signed with the Packers. Oh, when did that happen? I missed that one. Um, Regardless, Uh, seven hours ago. Oh, okay. I don't feel as bad then. Good. Yeah, don't Uh, worry about that. Nice breaking news. Well, usually I like to be on top. If if there's anything that we know, I'm, I try to at least know NFL. So well, thanks for everybody that's fumbling through these awkward podcasts as we try to get there. Brad, please close this thing out. Oh, all right. Well, I don't have uh, I, I don't have any corrections because Tyler and I are always on point and we never mess anything up. So, uh, well, hold on real quick. I guess I, I wanted to pause. I forgot to ask this. What do you think about Elon buying Twitter? And oh, any and uh, any initial thoughts on that? We can we can do a quick little business segment here. Yeah, so this is this is a lot to unpack. Um, I think that he is. I think he has no intention of actually buying Twitter. Uh, I think this is a purely uh, this is this is a social influence move. A because I think that he can't stand his name not being in the headlines, and B because I think that he is a master of manipulating stock prices in a legal way. Um, and so I, I mean. I don't think he's going to buy it. I, I agree that there's some reforms that need to be done with Twitter, and I'm glad he's bringing light to that. Uh, I thought I think Twitter's going to get acquired, if not by him, but by somebody else, uh, because their business model, uh, I just don't see how they're sustainable as it is. I actually thought when Dorsey left uh, to go run Block that he was going to turn around and buy Twitter You know, six months later. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's a fascinating thing, though, because there's never been somebody this wealthy who just doesn't give a fuck. And so it's interesting to watch. Uh, where, where are you at on this? Um, I agreed with just about everything until you said there's never been a person that's wealthy who doesn't give a fuck. I, there's plenty of people that have more money and don't give a fuck. Well, not maybe not more money. but He's literally the richest man in the world. The, 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 there's plenty of Saudi princes that have plenty of money. They don't give a fuck either. But not, neither here nor there. Sure. I, okay. I, very, I very much agree with a lot of it. I think he's – this is – I, I, this is this is the this is the Cam Newton moment, right? Like, do you want to finish this sentence? Is what you're gonna about to say get you canceled? I almost look at him as a logical Trump. He, he he's, he's a yeah. rational, a little bit more of a rational thinker, a little bit more logical. But I think the foundation of why he's interested in this, it's just an audience, and everybody knows. And this goes back to the history of politics. If you have people's ear, that's why the politics across the world are always tied to the closest news station in their country. It's what this Mm -hmm. is. This is having control of this is having influence on a scale that is there's a reason that Twitter blocked Trump. There's a reason that Twitter has started to actively start to monitor more things. And I think Elon looks at it at that as criminal. I think he I think he looks at it as this is like a free speech platform. These are vibes I'm getting. I don't know if this is why he's doing sure. it. This is kind of like my gut that he wants to keep it a free speech platform and like let people speak their mind. Let it be a communal space without the threat of 
whoever those people are with the blue check mark sitting up there in New York that are freezing accounts. Is that yeah, crazy? I, Do you think that's part of it? I know. I think that he's he's been very clear that he wants to address um, he wants to address some of the censorship on there and the deplatforming is something that he's he's made a passion project of his. Uh, the, the 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 thing that I don't know is. I mean, and this is this is a much larger philosophical debate about social media, but like, I don't know that he, uh, you know, everyone says that this is the town square and it's not like, it's not the public town square. It's a, it's a, it's a private company. Like, I guess not private, it's publicly traded, but it's a company like this is, they can do whatever they want. And so if that's what he wants it to be, then great. And I think that he looks at this as like, okay, I'm not going to make my own social media platform. We literally just watched Trump try to do it. And it's a fucking disaster. And so this is him being like, you know what? I'm not going to make one. I'm just going to buy one. And I can for a third of my net worth, which I mean, pretty good deal. You get to, you get to, you get to run in my opinion, this is probably the most interesting of all the social media platforms. And I don't know. Um, I don't know what his ultimate goal is, but I like that he, I don't know. I, I like that he's doing something. I don't think there's malicious intent. I do think it like it does get kind of glossed over though. Like he did that Saturday Night Live thing and he came out and he said, like, I have Asperger's. And that really doesn't get brought up, and I don't understand why. Because it's not I'm not trying to say that in the concept of it's a disability, but like it kind of has to frame the way you talk about him, right? Like it is a it is a it is a thing that is diagnosed that I feel like matters in the context of how he makes decisions. It is an interesting, it is an interesting point. I really want to go back in and highlight the comment that you made about how it's kind of like a private company, Twitter's in a private company. And in a way, what totally supports that, and, and there are various statistics that go back and forth on what the real numbers are, but I see pretty consistently that it's about 20 to 25% of tweets come from 97% of Twitter people. Sorry, oh, yeah. I didn't right. 25%, would... 97% of all US tweets come from 25% of Twitter users. So basically- I'm actually meaning, surprised it's from that many. It's like just the same accounts, pounding, 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 pounding the same yeah. stuff. So anyway, you are right. It's a much more larger philosophical discussion that is meant for people much smarter with more hours left to record a podcast. So sorry again, but please send us home. All right. Uh, well, uh, from uh, at Husker in Chicago here in Chicago, uh, signing off for at uh, Tyler WG Hammock. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, I will come back with uh, Tales from Albuquerque, where I have never been. Uh, That'll be and, fun. And uh, we'll, yeah, we'll do on ABQ next week. Yeah, we should do Unhinged ABQ. Uh, you know what? I might. I, who knows? I might meet somebody there, see if they're on uh, Unhinge, and uh, I'll send them Ollie's way. Let's do it. Send them over. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, boys and girls, hug it, chug it, football. football. Oh, that was the best one yet. That was good.